Hey everyone and welcome to the PPC podcast. Uh, it's been a while, but I'm definitely excited to kind of um, keep uh, providing you guys with as much content as possible. Uh, your feedback is greatly appreciated as well. I'm always trying to kind of um, help you guys out and obviously offer you guys any information which can help uh, progress in your own training. So today I have a very special guest. <laughs> I've got Damon Hayhauer here, the founder of Recomposer, which is a training software that I use uh, to monitor my clients' training. And me and Damon go back uh, uh, since I started coaching myself. And um, Damon's always been that sort of person who's kind of helped me connect the dots. So I'm kind of, I'm definitely, as you guys know, someone who loves reading about training and reading the science. And every time I've had a conversation with Damon, um, I've always uh, walked away from the conversation being like, oh, have those aha moments. So um, welcome, Damon. Thank you very much for having me, Munya. It's a pleasure. Um, I'll tell you a secret. Every time that you were training in the gym, uh, Mm. you'd be there training and my partner would be like, you know, you should let him train. Like he, he's got to have his workout. And I'm like, you know what? I just got to ask him one question. <laughs> How many times did that happen? And then like three hours later, we'd still be standing there talking. Yeah. You should be holding my hand and say, listen, just let him train. I'll, listen, I'll just ask one question. And like, I'll literally take me about five minutes. So, hey, like yeah, you've always yeah. had a lot to offer um, myself in terms of learning and uh, progressing myself as a coach. So, hey, um, Please tell everyone about yourself and uh, what you do. Uh, okay, oh, wow, okay. Um, I'm a guy who lifts weights. Uh, well, I used to lift a lot more than I do these days. <laughs> um, uh, I've, I've, been a, I've been a coach for, uh, well, actually, uh, as of a few days ago was my 30-year anniversary in the gym, and I've been coaching people for a bit over 29 of those 30 years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I've I've opened gyms. I've been president of the World Powerlifting Congress yeah. in Australia. I created the first raw um, powerlifting records in Australia. I've competed and won the nationals in bodybuilding in the IFBB and uh, competed in New Zealand in bodybuilding and naturals. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, then uh, created the Recomposer software yeah. a number of years ago. And um, basically, stuff about lifting weights and and building muscles and getting strong. That's that's what I've been doing for thirty years. So that's a good life, Damon. <laughs> okay. yeah. What got you to create Recomposer software? Uh, touch on top of, touch on that a little bit. Well, I I had my gym, and so we were. Um, I always believed that the planning side of things was, you know, the the critical part of the equation. Um, it's, it's not just a case of turning up and doing random crap. You actually had to go. We're training for this. We're eating for this. <laughs> we need to measure the the you know where we're actually going with our clients mm. and make adjustments to keep them on track. And so initially, that started like a lot of people with um, Excel spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. So we had. Um, diet calculators and programs that would calculate out the weights that would be lifted based on them and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, actually probably the biggest prompting was one of my staff members left yeah. uh, business and took all of the intellectual property of the business with them, all of wow. the, the diet calculators, the program templates and, and everything that we'd built up, hundreds and hundreds of spreadsheets, all the client data. And it's like, man, this is a this is a bad way to run a business. So yeah. I need to turn this into a um, a more robust system that you mm. you get internet access to. It'll be better for sharing the programs for the clients and and everything else, and it'll also protect the business. So it it was literally built to meet the business need and the client need yeah. of going. We need a more flexible, robust way of of delivering this, and then. Once we built it, um, I started licensing to other people as well because it's it's just a tool for doing the job. Yeah. So, yeah. And speaking yeah. of meeting the client's need, that will lead us on to our first question. So when a client does come to you and they say they want to build um, their dream body, um, what does that mean to you and how would you go about that? Because that means a lot of different things to different people. If somebody says they want to build their dream body, some people will interpret that as like, I got to do a lot of cardio, I got to do group classes, et cetera. So I just wanted to, um, to get an idea and explain what you think that means or how would you go about executing that for the client? 
Yeah, um, good question. And and the first part is is quantifying exactly what they do mean by that. So any any person who came into my business, the, the first thing that we would do is three skin folds and weigh them and just go, well, you're this body fat percentage, you've got yep. this many kilos of lean mass, this many kilos of fat mass, what do you want to look like? And then they would describe that and we would translate that into a goal body weight and body fat percentage, which then meant we can calculate, okay, to be that fat percentage at that weight, you need to build this much muscle, you need to gain or lose this much weight. Therefore, that's what we need to train and diet for. Um, and that's what I mean about the, um, the, the planning being the critical thing is like if you if, if, if a person walks into a business and they just go, yeah, that's awesome. Let's just lift some heavy weights and do some cardio. You're like, for what? Like, <laughs> if, if you don't even know why you're doing it, if, if you don't even know what it is that you're trying to achieve, how do you know when you've achieved it? Yeah. Why would you take that particular action? Um, so yeah, it, it's measure the body composition, set a goal body composition. What they want to do with their weight is the job of the diet. So if they want to gain weight, obviously they've got to eat the food to make their weight keep going up. And their weight training, the job of that is to, to grow the muscle or to maintain the muscle. And we then predict the amount of strength performance that they will get given a certain amount of muscle gain. So we're then able to measure their strength. So we do a strength test, squat bench deadlift, yeah. and then we're able to say to them, in order for you to have this much muscle to be this body fat at this body weight, you need to be able to lift these weights. Yeah, okay, too easy and turn it into an actual um, specific measurable goal of we're training to lift these weights, we're eating to be this body weight, and each week we re-measure you, and if we're on track, we keep doing it, and if we're not on track, we make an adjustment. Yeah. Um, definitely and, seems like you're training with a purpose and training with direction, and I definitely want to kind of want you to elaborate on that because people understanding what training is because there's a big difference between training and working out, and I think people think they want the same thing, like if I go to the gym and go to if I go to the gym and have a workout, essentially I'm training. So can you please um maybe elaborate on that? Well, the, the difference is the is the intended outcome. So yeah. um, you know, exercise is defined in the dictionary as any act any activity requiring physical effort, requiring yeah. physical effort. Um, and it's like, well, then then literally anything is exercise. The fitness industry, the goal of the fitness industry is to remedy the fact that most of the population does no physical activity. They're, they're completely sedentary and then they're dying of heart disease and things. Yeah. So the remedy for those people, which is fitness, is simply to do any exercise whatsoever yeah. because everything is going to be an improvement on nothing. Yeah. And so... When it comes to the fitness industry, no one's training for fitness. They just need to do stuff. Yeah. And whether it's going for a walk or riding a bike or running or lifting light weights or anything, all of it's valid and all of it's equally valid. The, the measure is simply how many minutes did you spend doing it per day? Yeah. And as long as you spend a number of minutes, it doesn't matter whether, whether it's high intensity, low intensity, hard, soft, whether it's endurance oriented or strength oriented, it's just all the same. When it comes to training, which is what I talk about, it means um, trying to improve a person toward being a superior athlete. It's yeah. about them developing a physical capability that they do not currently have. Yeah. And developing physical capabilities that you don't have is very specific. Yeah. If if you want to lift heavy weights, well, don't go riding a bike because the bike's not going to help you lift heavy weights. You need to lift the heavy weights. Yeah. And um, the in, in terms of body composition, yeah. there's this direct there's a direct connection between improved strength performance and improved body composition. Yeah. And it's it's obvious and it's clear that if you become a much more muscular version of your current self you will be capable of something that your current self can't do. That's why the body manifests this large change in tissue yeah. in your body, in your body composition. So um, you, that particular um, outcome of a radically improved body that's capable of radically greater strength performances yeah. is probably the most difficult thing you can possibly attain. 
Yeah. Because it's not skill-based. It's actually you're trying to manifest a physical adaptation in the body whereby new tissue is created and old tissue is like fat tissue may be broken down, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's the most, uh, that's got to be like literally a life-threatening stress on the organism in order to make it continually manifest that kind of change. Mm -hmm. That means that the training needs to be very specific, very, very intense. Yeah. And it will be very sensitive to the other variables of how much you do. It'll be very easy to overdo it. It's very easy to underdo it. It's very easy to not do it hard enough. It's um, And when you're performing at that level, when it comes to strength and weights to the point that you're stressing the organism sufficient to manifest a physical change, you're talking about training on the raggedy edge of injury or, or catastrophic the tissue failures. Yeah. So your training, it becomes critically important that the way that you execute is meeting all of those needs. Um, it's it's the, the performance focus is nothing like the working out focus of just turning up and feeling the burn and doing some shit. It's, it's a completely different mindset. It's a completely different outcome. It's a completely different process. It's completely different exercise techniques. And you're giving um, the person direction too of where the training needs to head. And I, th I think that's where is, people can- Everything is about the direction. Everything is focused on yeah. because the, the, the great thing with training for any particular sporting outcome, which is essentially what we're trying to do, mm -hmm. is that the workout itself answers the question about whether the, the, the plan is working. Yeah. Because if you do the workout and you can do something you couldn't do last time, that tells you that the plan is working yeah. and also doing work that you've never done before is the stimulus to keep making more improvements. Yeah. If you don't make the improvements, that's your immediate feedback that the plan isn't working. What you're doing isn't working. You need to make a change to, to Damon, what do you define as improvements? Are you talking about improvements like through volume, through intensity? I'd like to um, t uh, talk about that. Oh, well, the, the, the only improvement that I, that, that is of any relevance to a different body is the ability to lift more weight. Yeah. The only improvement that, that the, and, and there's a lot of argument about this, which I, I find just needlessly complicated. <laughs> academic. Yeah. But it, it's like, if, if I have more bicep tissue, yeah, my bicep, then the, the aggregate, the total amount of bicep tissue is able to generate more force. So the only measure of whether or not I have more significantly more tissue than before is whether I can lift more. If I can't lift more, it doesn't matter that I can do more volume. More volume means that I've improved my ability to regenerate or store energy. Yeah. Great, but irrelevant because my outcome is I want more tissue. Um, and you get people talking about training for – um, to, to store more energy, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. To my way of thinking, that's, that's not a training outcome I'm looking for. Yeah. The training outcome has got to be, can I lift more than I was able to lift before? Mm. Because that proves that I've adapted in the, in the only manner that is relevant to having more tissue. Well, performance is the best diagnostic tool that we have to ensure that something is working. And uh, I think a lot of... Um, uh, misunderstanding comes from people not really get, understanding what time and attention means. I think that's where that confuses because people understand time and attention is like I gotta reduce uh, the speed of the the weight. You know, I gotta in, I gotta feel it within the muscle. Whereas um, time and attention is actually more um, associated with okay, you've lifted this specific weight. Have you lifted that specific weight for more reps over time? So, could you touch on time and attention and what your thoughts are? My thought, I mean, academics gave us this phrase, yeah. time under tension. Yeah. It's the physics equation. The yeah. word under means multiplied by. Yeah. So where where the so what they're saying is you need um tension, which is measured in newtons. It's a it's a measure of force, yeah. which in terms of lifting weights means how heavy the weight is. Yeah. And they're saying the more time under the more weight the better for growing yeah and and it should be self-evident yeah 
it's 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 just like well yeah if uh, if last week I could lift a hundred kilos for five repetitions and this week I can lift hundred and ten for fifteen repetitions that's better that's more time under tension but it's understood um, that we need to do we need to decrease the hundred kilos to ninety kilos and focus on decreasing the speed which is actually decreasing the total load that we're using but it's decreasing tension. Yeah. And if you slow it down, if there's less acceleration, there's even less tension. Tension, yeah. So when you reduce the acceleration and you reduce the actual load, yeah. you're exponentially reducing the Newton for the, ten the tension yeah. in terms of Newtons, which it doesn't matter if you lift it for 50% longer when you've reduced the tension. Yeah, you're doing less work overall. You're, it's, it's less stimuli. But yeah. again, stepping... you. you without even getting into that kind of complicated academic argument, yeah. it's it's an observation made by a bunch of academics who are a bunch of people who don't train looking <laughs> at research on a bunch of people who train a certain way and completely ignoring the qualitative aspects of that training. So I've said this before where it's, you know, academics study the, the world that they're presented with. Yeah. So it wasn't a case of an academic came up with the idea for a barbell and person lifting the barbell in order to make their muscles grow, it actually came out of the circus decades, hundreds of years ago, yeah. you know, when the strong men would hold the barbells over their head and do the, the strong men feats and things. And they developed, they, they were muscular people who then the audience would come and ask afterwards, how did you become so muscular? And because these people were circus performers and they trained for eight hours a day, six days a week, they were told, well, you need to train for eight hours a day, six days per week. Yeah. And that's where volume came from. Yeah. And so the people who listened to the circus uh, strongmen on how to train to build this muscular physique, they went and trained as many days as they could for as many hours as they could, just fumbling around doing the, it wasn't a, it wasn't a um, intellectually developed activity. It was just a, let's copy these blokes that we saw who look really cool. Yeah. It was monkey see, monkey do. And then later on, the scientists looked at all the people engaged in this activity of lifting weights for many hours per day, and they did their studies. And then 50 years on from that, they go, if we look at all the studies that we did on all the people lifting lots of weights for hours and hours, six days per week, what we find is the people who lift for hours per day, six days per week, grow more muscle. And it's like, right, so your conclusion is volume based on the fact that the people who take it the most seriously spend the most time doing it. That's what people happen to do. That's what you happen to look at. And now you've looked at a whole bunch of studies that all looked at the same people doing the same stuff. And you've come to this conclusion that we've done a meta-analysis that proves that you need to do high volume training. Damon, we and then, they, we're and then they came up with time under tension to try to make, to, and, and it's just, it, it's just a, overcomplicated crap that academics do with every activity. And here's the thing, Dan, we're at a time now where there's so much information out there, which is good because, you know, we can, we can learn at a such faster rate, but also causes so much confusion. What is the best You've way for analysis us to find paralysis. Yeah, I understand analysis by paralysis. So how can we kind of move forward and how can we kind of interpret all the information that we're reading off the internet or the studies that might come up? It, you need to be able to think rationally. Yeah, okay. Mm. Because ultimate, when... Take your time. <laughs> there's a... The thing, the thing that's become popular yeah. is not science. Yeah. The thing that's become popular is scientism. Yeah, okay. It's people who believe in their denomination of, of science. Yeah. And they've chosen their... Uh, you know, it's like if, if all of the scientific studies in the world form the new Bible and different denominations take their sections of studies that they believe in because they're men and their white robes. Isn't it interesting that it was like the, the religious crazies of years ago were wearing white, white robes and now these days in the lab, they're wearing white robes still. You're like, <laughs> they even dress the same for God's sakes. It's just religious nutters speaking crap that they've made up and they've got their idiot followers who don't have a brain cell to rub together between them who just take everything that they say and go, oh, well, you're wearing white, white robes, so I'm going to believe what you say. Yeah. And nobody just thinks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and the thing with, with body 
with with body recomposition is let's just admit that there's every argument you could possibly make for every possible method out there and all of them are equally valid because they've all got their men in white robes who who swear that their way is the only way and all the rest of it so coming into this activity from the outside you can't trust any of them you have no idea who's right or wrong yeah. and that means you've got two possible paths to follow yeah you could yeah. either just blindly try every single method that you hear about from every so-called expert one at a time with total application for 12 months at a time. Mm -hmm. And as each one fails, then you spend the next 12 months wasting your time on the next one. And you've just got no design or, or thought process as to how to choose one over another. You just go for the most believable, you know, shyster of the moment. Mm -hmm. So you can do that and you can just try absolutely everything and hope that you stumble upon something that works before you die. Yeah. Or you can think about it yeah, and you can measure your body composition, mm -hmm. set a goal body composition, and then go, okay, well, if my goal is to have 20 kilos more muscle than I have right now and five kilos less fat, so I've got to gain 15 kilos of weight, well, how would I go about gaining 15 kilos of weight? I'd probably need to eat food because any idiot knows that if you want to put on 15 kilos, well, eat the food. And where do you start with that? You don't start with complex nutritional science. You just write a list of foods. Yeah, mm. It's just, I'm going to eat a loaf of bread and a dozen eggs and, the ch and three chicken breasts and the protein shake every day. And I'm just going to eat it every day. And at the end of the week, I'll measure myself. And if it was, if it was enough and my weight went up, then that answers the question. And if it's not, well, I'll go to a loaf and a half of bread and four chicken breasts and a dozen and a half eggs. You just start with something and then you move from there and you measure what it does. And by just measuring what it does, there's your answer. Yeah. Mm. And the same with the training. It's you're going to go to the gym and you're going to lift weights because you at least know the part, which is I've got to go to the gym and lift weights to be more muscular. Yeah. Okay then how do you measure getting better at lifting weights? Yes, there's technique. Yes, there's volume. And then there's strength. And the main thing that you know is the difference between you and the, the kind of people that you want to be with the way, way, way bigger muscles is those people can outlift the shit out of you. Mm -hmm. And so you go, okay, of course you need to learn how to lift the weights properly. And the way to test whether you're lifting the weights properly is just to do the exercises the way they're supposed to be done. And if your joints start getting really sore really soon, probably don't lift it like that. Yeah. And if your joints don't get sore and you just get strong and your muscles hurt, you go, well, good enough. Yeah. And then if you get to a point where your joints start to hurt, then you go, probably shouldn't keep lifting in this way that's hurting my joints. And you can answer every question about injury, about volume, about intensity and everything just by thinking and measuring it. And in terms of training progression, it's that case of if you, if you lift some weights today, then you know that next week you want to lift more than today. Mm. So if next week you lift, you just try harder to lift more, good. You just trained harder. You just stimulated an adaptive response. You still did something you've never done before. And if the next week you just train harder, then you lift more weight and that's more stimuli to the body to make more of an adaptive response. If you keep doing that, eventually you're going to get to a ceiling where you train as hard as it's physically possible for you to train. You train to proper momentary muscular failure. You lift the last rep that you're physically capable of, and then you can't lift one more rep. Mm. And once you get to that point, that is how you measure your strength. Yeah. Mm. That's it. It's no more complicated. And if next week you come in and you lift exactly as hard as that and you do one more rep, well, that's real strength progress it's progress yeah you've progressed real progress. and it's irrefutable and you don't need a scientific study you don't need anyone to validate you or anything else like that it's i i lifted as much as i could for as many reps as i could and next week i did the same thing the same way and i did more and that's progress period paragraph end of discussion yeah comparing yeah comparing performance <laughs> week and, and assessing how you're going if things are trending up well you're making progress and there's your answer so damon question for you you're known as the no cardio person yeah you get always amped up when people say yeah well, you gotta do cardio so this is your moment to tell me you know why no cardio <laughs> because of everything i just said okay because 
there's an effective way to train that is relevant for what you want to achieve. Yeah. And then there's walking on a treadmill, purposeless, purposelessly, mindlessly for hours per day. Because why? You're training to become better at walking. Yeah. Mm. How's it relevant? What are you trying? And, and this is the thing is that yeah. cardio is, again, it, the reason people do it is not because it makes sense, yeah. not because it's relevant to the outcome that they want. It's because they believe. Yeah. Because they listen to, to everybody else go, oh, but you need to do this. Yeah. And every single piece of evidence that you want to look at when it comes to cardio says mm. it's a fucking stupid thing to do. Yeah. Right down to the fact it's called cardio, which means pertaining to the heart. Yeah. And you go, if you come to me and you say, Damon, I want to have more muscles and less fat. Yeah. How did I hear you're concerned about your heart? Yeah. <laughs> it's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And how is it? And so when, when it comes to that, you go, cardio is good for the heart. Good for whose heart? What's wrong with your heart? Yeah. How do you measure that? Mm -hmm. So you're coming to me and you're saying, I'm going to invest six, 12 hours a week in cardio. Really? Why? Because of your heart. What's wrong with your heart? What outcome do you want to your heart? It's called cardio, for God's sakes. Yeah. So it's about the heart. Mm -hmm. So why are you doing it? And what do you measure to say whether or not your heart has improved or not? Yeah. And if a person goes, well, I want to run five kilometers without puffing, you go, that's not your heart, dickhead. That's your lungs. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. your endurance. Mm -hmm. Why do you need endurance? Is endurance relevant to your objective of being a more muscular, lower body fat pit? No, it's yeah. got no relationship whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So then people go, well, it's burning fat. Yeah. To which you can reply, well, what are you burning right now? To which they say, I don't know. And you say, well, what are you burning when you're asleep at night? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's like, so you don't know what you're burning for 23 hours of every day, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden you're going to do this activity that completely contradicts your strength training. Yeah. It's training for a complete opposite outcome. It's taking the hardest activity, strength training, and making it harder to succeed Yeah. Mm. in order to do something that you don't know when you do that anyway or why you do that or how you do that. Yeah. You're burning fat. You Can you show me that you're burning the fat? Mm. If I measure your fat before the cardio and then measure your fat after the cardio, how much thinner are your skin folds? They're not. So what did you measurably achieve? Nothing. Yeah. It's like it doesn't make any sense. It's a bunch of bullshit. It and really the more you look into it, the more you just go, this is not for me. Yeah. Cardio is literally exercise for the other 60% of the population who don't do any exercise and they're going to die of cardiovascular disease. Those people need cardio because they're going to die of heart disease. Mm -hmm. If you're lifting heavy weights and following a diet to, to improve your body composition and become an elite athlete, you're not a sedentary person about to die of heart disease. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it, it's it's so frustrating because it's so stupid. I can tell it's frustrating. So You're frustrated. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been it's been twenty it's been thirty years of just going. This is a really stupid argument. It yeah. doesn't make sense. And uh, you know, you you go to the bodybuilding competitions and and you know the amateur level bodybuilding competitions where. There are more and more competitors than ever. Yep. And the majority of them are worse than ever before. They are fatter with less muscle than we've ever seen bodybuilder com bodybuilding competitors ever before. Yeah. And all of those fat muscleless competitors are doing hour after hour after hour of cardio. And people go, you've got to do cardio to get lean and muscular. Yeah. And it's like, but all of the fat people with no muscle do hour after hour of cardio. That's clearly not the defining Yeah. The, the, the differentiating factor it really comes it's down exactly. to understanding what your goal is you know if your goal was to kind of build exactly. muscle yeah well that's where your energy should be you know focused on and if you're putting energy towards cardio you're taking away so how effective your training can actually kind of be and that's the main the main beef that i've got with it yeah. it's not even just that it doesn't make sense it's yeah. that it directly contradicts what does make sense yes mm. it's like if you want to become the the, the if you want to see your body composition change if that's the most important thing to you then you don't want to see it take 10 years yeah. you want to see it take the shortest period period of time possible 
That yeah. mean, and if you want to know if your training's working, it means that you've got to do this very focused training where you're looking for one rep or one kilo of improvement per week. You're looking for these tiny bits of feedback yeah. that the hardest kind of training you can do, strength training, is actually progressing. Yeah. And the worst thing you could possibly do is tell the body, become the opposite athlete. Yeah. Don't become the strength athlete that's the best looking and the most difficult thing to achieve. Become this bad endurance athlete who can walk on the treadmill for 12 hours per week. Yeah. And you go, the, num the number of people out there, the majority of people don't train well enough and don't have the genetic gifts to become muscular strength athletes in the first place yeah. that they can't afford yeah. even half an hour, three times a week of contradicting their bad training with endurance training because they'll literally cancel it all out. And, and that's the thing that's, that's heartbreaking to see is to see so many good people who just want to do the right thing yeah. literally causing themselves to fail because they're putting so much effort into the exact wrong activity. And then these days, those same people invariably turn to drugs, supplements, and horrible you know, malnutrition practices in order to make up for the fuck up that they imposed upon themselves by spending hours per week doing the worst thing they could do to undo the good stuff. Like it's, it's just, it's horrific. It's yeah. Well, you've explained that pretty well, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a question for you. How can someone learn to train hard? Oh, that's don't, ever hire a personal trainer that's probably got to be the the the, the thing right now is that tr training back in the day when i started 30 years ago there were there were just people who went to the gym and and training hard was something that happened because it was cool yeah it's yeah. You'd, you'd go to the gym and you'd and and the the big guys lifted the big weights because they wanted to lift the big yeah. weights because yeah. that was cool and their ego made them lift heavier weights. And then the younger guys coming up would see the bigger guys doing the heavier weights and they go, I want to be like that. And, yeah. and there was an expectation of like certain really good strength performances in any gym where yeah. any, any red blooded male, it's like, I, I, re I want to bench three plates per side because it's cool. And I want yeah. to squat five yeah. plates aside because it's cool. And it's, yeah. it's a doable thing. Yeah. And, and so people would just go and do that. Now that's been destroyed by personal trainers and these people who come in and, and, and there's this thing in personal training now where, as, as you've seen, most coaches take pride in the fact that they can reduce their clients' performances by massive margins. Yeah. And the first thing that most personal trainers do to people is go, oh, we need to work on your mobility and we need to make up all of these problems that you don't have and give you every excuse under the sun why you can't just get underneath the goddamn barbell and try to lift weight. Yeah. And then they will give every excuse under the sun why you need to lift less weight and you need to do it slower yeah. and you need to squeeze the muscles and do more cable and dick around little, yeah. little stupid exercises. Mm. And the, the, the big problem is, is that this is so prevalent now. People go to the gym and their first contact with weights will be a personal trainer who will teach them this kind of stuff. And they literally train them to be incapable of lifting heavy weights. Yeah. And there doesn't seem to be any appreciation by coaches or other, or other trainers that when you train to make light weights hard, you're literally training to make heavy weights impossible. Yeah. Mm. You're training to do that. Mm -hmm. If you're training to make a 60 kilo barbell feel like a 260 kilo barbell, that means you will never lift a 260 kilo barbell. Yeah. Because you're going to make the 260 kilo barbell feel like a 6,000 kilo barbell. Mm -hmm. There's no virtue in training to be weak. There's no virtue in training to perform worse than you're capable of performing. When you go to the gym, the whole point is to try to lift as much as you possibly can. If you can't do that safely, you go, well, that's the point of the activity, learning to lift the heavy weights yeah. as, as safely as possible. There's still world records being broken in powerlifting and Olympic lifting every single year. So human beings are obviously capable of safely lifting yeah. ridiculously huge poundages. The problem is most of the trainers out there coaching people these days 
are literally training them so they will never lift what they would have been capable before. Mm. And, and, and it's a massive problem because once you've trained a person to be unable to lift what they could have lifted when they'd done no training, trying to bring them back from that point and actually lift heavy, it's almost impossible. It's so tough. And this is why I want to get a client who hasn't had much experience in the gym. I always get them to focus on doing less. So they make uh, efficient exercise choices and they learn to apply a lot of effort to the exercises they do have. Because yeah. if they end up coming and they're wanting to do a lot of volume, a lot of work, one, one thing has to go down. Like if you're accumulating a lot of volume, your effort has to go down. So if I'm trying to get someone to apply a lot of effort throughout their training, I always say, listen, this is a set volume that you have. Get, get results by doing adding more weight or adding more reps over time. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, it's, you know, the activity is called weight training. Yeah. The focus should be on how to lift as much weight as possible. Mm. And the answer as to how to do it safely is use the technique that's the most efficient technique you can possibly use to lift the weight through the full range of motion you know that's that's how it's done it can be done yeah um yeah if you so to answer the question coming back about yeah coming back to that one yeah (laughs) yeah, i I honestly don't know it's really difficult i i wish i could say Mm. Go to a powerlifting coach first so you learn the fundamentals. Learn bench squat and deadlift and get taught that way. But 90% of the powerlifting coaches I see out there are doing the same crap. They're saying, we're going to take the next two years to teach you the efficient technique that you need to stand on the platform. And it's like, it's one of the things that's really frustrating with with weight training is that you go, weight training is one of the, the, the dumbest, easiest activities on the planet. Yeah, It doesn't to something like skateboarding or a golf swing or or a sport that requires real skill yeah it's literally the thing goes down the thing goes back up again yeah it's as simple as you could possibly get you yeah. take any normal able-bodied human being you position them at the correct bottom position of the squat and you tell them to stand up of course they can fucking stand up. And that's the extent of the coaching they need. Yeah. It's like you've known how to do that since you were one years old, for God's yeah. sakes. Yeah. Standing up from the bottom of the squat is the most natural, easy thing a person could possibly do. Yeah. We need to teach you what the bottom of the squat feels like and how to position your feet and all the rest of it. But then getting down is really easy. Gravity takes care of that. And all you've got to worry about is then standing back up, yeah. which you've been doing since you were one year old or less anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like... A squat's about the most complicated exercise there is in the gym, and it's retarded simple. Yeah. And in terms of coaching it, the yeah. coaching is as simple as let me position you at the bottom of the squat. Feel that position? That's the bottom of the squat. Yeah. Stand up. That's how you squat. Yeah. You've been coached. Now let's put a barbell on your back. Go to the bottom position. Stand up. Yeah. That's how you squat. And it's like, People should be squatting to their limit on day one. There's no reason they can't. Um, but you, you just can't find coaches to do that these days. It's really, really difficult. And I wonder how much the client or the athlete's potential is limited based on who they might get coached by first if they don't learn to apply. Huh? Yeah, it's hugely limited by that. Yeah. Yeah, be, especially because you get so many of these coaches who treat people – and, and and they treat people like geriatric cripples yeah. when they're not geriatric cripples. Yeah. And when you train a person like a geriatric cripple, you're literally training them to be a geriatric cripple. Yeah. Mm. And so when they when they try to teach that, you know, I've heard of this stuff where people go in to learn to squat for the first time and they're told multiple contradictory things. It's like head up, chest up, shoulders down, elbows in, Stick your tongue on your roof of your mouth. That's a serious one. Stick on the... You've never done a squat before and you're standing at the top of... You're standing up. You've never even bent your knees yet and they're telling you stick your tongue on the roof of your mouth like it makes a fucking difference. Mm. It's ridiculous. And then they're like, go down slowly, slowly. slowly. Why? No athlete needs to train to be slower. 
Slow's easy. Everybody's already as slow as they could ever want to be. Speed's hard. You should be teaching speed Mm. and teaching power and teaching explosiveness and and, and these other things. And it's like, yes, you need to teach a person how to do the movement properly, but that doesn't mean you need two years of teaching them how to squat like a retard. It's like, you know, do a squat. Yeah. You're killing it tonight. <laughs> you are killing it tonight. <laughs> I would definitely have to get I you. I haven't spoken about uh, I love, man, I love your rants, man. <laughs> um, how can we, how do we, how can we build good habits and get someone to be more consistent? Do you know, I think this is another thing that um, the, 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 the progress is the thing that solves every yep. pro, mm-hmm. every question. So it's like if, you know, with everybody that I've worked with, it's always been so simple when they come in and, and they and I say, what do you want to do? And they're like, want to lose some fat and want to put some muscle on. And it's like, cool, well, let's measure how much fat and how much muscle you've got. Yeah. And let's set a goal. And then once we've set this goal, we can go, okay, well, you need to eat to make your weight this and you need to train to make your muscle mass that. And that's, that's all there is to it. Yeah. And the person goes, wow, that makes so much sense. It's so obvious. Mm-hmm. How do we get started? Yeah. And then when you get started and you actually start lifting something, you know, on the second week that you couldn't lift on the first week, it's like, wow, this works. I want to do that again yeah. because progress is addictive. Everyone loves progress. And if you see yourself, you know, the, the, the most disinterested in physical activity people I've ever trained, every single one of them got excited when they lifted a big plate per side of the bar on the squat for the yeah. first time in their life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy shit, I'm one of those people who can lift the big things that I thought I would never be one of those people. And all of a sudden, it's like, I want to come back and do more. How much more can I do? Can I get to two of those big things? Can I get to one and a half? Like that feeds on itself. When when you actually do some work that makes sense and then you get direct feedback that's positive and tells you that it's working, nobody's got a problem with doing that work anymore. Yeah. And the same thing happens with the diet. When I say to a person, you've paid me for a program and you've paid me several hundred for a program and diet, you can choose the food. I want to give you this many grams of protein, carbs, and fats. You can see it on the screen. That doesn't matter. You tell me what you want to eat. I'll put the foods in there. We'll massage it around until you're happy. But then I need you to eat all that food every day for a week so I can measure what it does. Can you do that for me? Yeah. And everyone's yeah. just like, so... I paid you for the diet. Yeah. I chose all the food in the diet. Yeah. And you want me to eat the food that I chose that I paid you to tell me what to eat for seven days in order to measure whether it works or not. Yeah, I think I can do that. Yeah. And and once they do that and then they get positive feedback and they look and they feel and they perform better within a week measurably, then that's like, holy shit, this food works. Yeah, I want to eat it again. Yeah. Or if there's something that they don't like, it's like, man, I just can't eat any more of that. And it's like, cool, let's swap it out for something else that you can. And then let's measure that in a week and see how it worked. Yeah. And that feedback and that relevant feedback and, and measurement of success, that makes any activity easy. Yeah. The thing that makes it horrible is when you're told you're an evil, dirty sinner because you like crappy food and you want crappy food and crappy food's the most awesome thing in the world, but you're going to starve all week long. And then once per week, you can finally get a release and you can get to eat all of this shit under the sun. Yeah. And then I'm going to punish you with the, with the exercise because the exercise is awful and it's horrible and you hate it. And it's negative, 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 negative diet, negative training. Everything's bad. Everything's horrible. You hate all of it. Let's reinforce the fact that everything you have to do is horrible punishment. And you just want to be a lazy, slothful glutton. Yeah. And then they wonder why people go, you know what? I can't be fucked with this this horrible punishment. I just want to be a lazy, slothful glutton. It's like you were selling them on that the entire time. Yeah, 100%. You know, you watch the biggest loser TV show and they do the same thing at the start of every season. It's just like, look at these people in absolute joy in heaven, stuffing their face with nasty shit. Yeah. in huge quantities and look how happy they are look how good it is and but it's made them fat and it's bad and they hate exercise and we're going to make them hate the worst exercise they can possibly do they're going to cry and we're going to punish them and they're going to learn so much it's like what did they learn yeah 
Yeah. They learned that exercise is horrible and that they've got to suffer for the sinning of eating nasty shit in large quantities that's actually a joyous. It's like, why would you teach that to people? Yeah. But that's that's the attitude of the whole fitness industry. And the and reason then they why go, and the reason we need why to I ask that question sorry, sorry uh, uh, Kayo. Um, and the reason why I ask that question about habit of consistency is because when clients come to me and they say they're not motivated or they're bored, my first question is like, what well, why are you going through that? Well, you know, and it usually comes down to lack of understanding of what they need to do. And, you know, and you said progress is addictive. And I think sometimes when if you're not progressing in what you're doing, you start to question. Oh, am I doing the right thing? Is this enjoyable? Do I need to change oh, yeah, it up? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's really important that you touched on that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The the other thing is when because so so much of what's said out there yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. all full of contradictions. Yeah. And and so when what you're told you need to do is negative, mm-hmm. you're already told that you don't enjoy it, mm-hmm. that it's going to be absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. And that it's basically a jail sentence for the rest of your life that you've just got to wait for some mysterious thing to happen and you don't know when or where or why or how. And that's what most people are given. It's like, of course, you're going to have no motivation to keep doing that. Yeah. You know, it it just doesn't make sense. That said, one of the other big things is that a lot of people um, just lie. Yeah. About what what they want to. Yeah. The analogy I've told you that I always use is is playing the piano. Yeah. And I love the piano as an instrument, and I desperately want to be able to play the piano like a grandmaster. Yeah. I have zero interest learning to play the piano. (laughs) I ain't going to spend one minute practicing chopsticks to get good at playing a piano. I don't want to learn the piano. I just want to walk into the ballroom and blow everyone's mind as I sit down and I play like a master and then I just disappear. Yeah. That would be cool. It's like, I would love to be able to do that, but I have zero interest in putting any and investing any time and actually learn. And I think a lot of the people who go to the gym, it's exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. They've They've been bullied into it. They've been told you need to lose some weight. They don't like their body but they don't really give a shit. Yeah. And and so, and so and that's where I think also a lot of people gravitate towards the bullshit trainers mm. and they gravitate towards the, 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 the crap story because they never have any intention of putting any effort into it in the first place. Yeah. So it's that case of just going, just give me the laziest, I'll walk on the treadmill for you for half an hour, three times per week. And I'll whinge and I'll bleat about it, but at least it's like not that much effort. Yeah. Mm. And, then, and then when I fail to lose weight, I'll go, oh, woe is me. I'm just a victim. I tried everything to lose the weight, but I can't do it because of my genetics. So I'm just going to quit and eat cheesecake. And that's that's so many people. Wanting the result that, without the work. Um, not even wanting the result. Mm. It's like there's a there's a lot of clients out there who it's like, they just want to sit around the coffee shop with their with their girlfriends, yeah. eating cheesecake, drinking wine and coffee, bitching about how fat they are and how difficult it is to lose weight. Yeah, like there's there's a whole you know group of people like that. Yeah, um, and they also love talking about what their personal trainer did on the weekend or or yeah. told them about whatever it is, and it's just it's this it's just a wank. Um, Let's take this another road. How do we prevent mental burnout? same answer as before it's if you're making progress and and that comes down to if you if you're at if it if what if what you're training for doesn't actually matter to you there's no getting around there yeah it just doesn't matter yeah um and for a lot of people it's like me playing the piano it's like you know genuinely really want to but not enough to do anything yeah um yeah, and 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 that's the thing, yeah, but that's where I think from a, from a from a coaching point of view, it's just important to only work with people who actually want to do that. Yeah, uh, you know, they they really want the goal because it 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 feeds itself. You become a better coach working with people like that. Yeah, and that then feeds into the other clients that you train, and it all becomes this self-perpetuating, you know, energy system in which everyone's progressing and everyone wants to progress and you're fired up and motivated and that infectious energy goes into the clients. It makes them have a positive experience and then they make the progress because of the 
the energy that, that's coming out of you that helps them lift the weights because you believe they can lift the weights and they feel that energy. So they lift the weights, so they make the progress. And now they believe it and it, and it all continues to cycle. Yeah, I've seen as myself as a coach is just like, yeah, they definitely, the, the culture is so important. Um, if you have a group of like-minded athletes who are all willing to push themselves, willing to progress, it's just going to attract more people like that. And these are the people that get um, the result. To be honest with you, I think when it comes to, the training and the diet it, a lot of this is psychological just applying effort to what you're doing yeah yeah as you, as you apply more effort you get you'll get better results and then you attract people who also want to apply effort to their training so yeah yeah i totally agree and and that's um yeah yeah uh so damon interesting so when was the last time you had a pizza or a burger actually i i had a I had a burger actually about a week ago because I was sick with the COVID and I was off my diet and there was a cafe down the road and they do like gourmet things. So they didn't, they didn't have the chicken that I was got, that I wanted to get. And so I had the the beef. I expected so it to be I longer think, than a week. You, yeah. you got me on that one. <laughs> that, was, that was the first, that was the first burger in God, I don't know, a, a very, very long time. Like, and it was it it was it was like you know a twenty dollar burger. It wasn't like a McDonald's burger. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was just, it was just food. Yeah. Curious. Yeah. What's a very long time? Put a number on it. <laughs> Man, I, I I honestly I can't remember. Um, if I if I go out to be social with friends, then I'll have a steak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll have a piece of dead animal of some sort. But I I just I don't enjoy shit it yeah. just makes me feel shit i don't like how it tastes and it's it's not a discipline thing or anything else it's just uh, after years of not eating that crap you it's it's really awful it's just you you just feel terrible for hours afterwards because god god i mean knows what the hell they put in the crap these you just, days you just have no interest for that totally can totally understand that yeah, exactly. interesting yeah. question for you David. how do you keep your skin so clear i always I don't eat burgers and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because every time I've talked to my partner, I've seen your face. Like he's, he's got like the best skin. I was like, how does he do it? Like you just answer my question. Ooh. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, man, well that's, maybe it's that. Yeah. Hey, Damon, it's, it's been awesome, Anna. We didn't even touch on um, going to a little bit depth about nutrition. I'll definitely have to have you back on. Uh, but where can people find you? Uh, uh, DamonHayhow.com. Um, yeah, that's probably the easiest one. That's easy, man. I really appreciate this. And thanks for coming on. Yeah.